Hey, this is Cassie, and you're listening to our very first episode of our new podcast, Old for My Age, with Cassie, who is I. And I am very excited to introduce to you my very first guest, who came in a very close second as my idea of, you know, my first podcast guest, because I, what I assumed was that Taylor Swift was busy, so... I'm really happy to have Savannah here with me, who is actually our co-co, creative director, and an executive of this podcast. Savannah, welcome. Thank you. I'm very honored that I could take Taylor Swift's spot while you're waiting for her response. Thank you. Yes, I I expect she will get back to me within the next 10 to 20 years. Okay. Well. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so Savannah, why don't you tell our listener that how you know me and how long you've known me well um I had the pleasure of meeting Cassie in high school um I remember a lot of ninth grade math classes together um and lots of not math but Mm -hmm. I didn't get a C in that class my only C (laughs) well yeah yeah. so there was there was less math going on I did get a C in chemistry that makes sense I also did not enjoy chemistry yeah but so we had lots of high school classes together, um, and now we're going on 10 years. That's disgusting. I'm sorry. <laughs> 10 years of knowing each other, um, and are old now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how we're old for our age. I know. We really are. A so. um, couple of grandmas here. Um, so we've been out of high school longer than we were in high school. Have you thought about that? Yeah. You bring it up often, and I, I do. hate every moment of it. <laughs> I do think of that very often. Um do you have a favorite memory of when we were in high school or something that you think people will go, oh, ha, 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 those two chicks are so funny. I will listen again. <laughs> um, hmm. I think, God, I don't know which one to choose from, but I honestly think like it was just like all of the side conversations, especially in, um, what was it, geometry? In geometry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, definitely I think, I think just like, I don't know, really the building of our foundation of our friendship was my favorite part of like all the small parts and the plotting. There's a lot of plotting. Yeah, specifically. For 14-year-old girls. Yes. Um, for my high school boyfriend, who we won't name out of respect, of course, but we had, what was, 12-step? 12-step. 12-step plan. 12-step plan. Yes. 12-step plan to get him to fall in love with me. And it didn't work. I mean... I mean, it didn't work in the way that we wanted it to work because the only way that he ended up dating me was because I was like, I'm done with trying to get you to like me. We're on step 13. Yeah, exactly. So it didn't work, but it did work. And but it didn't work in the same sense because I am married to an entirely different man. So, yeah. Who for a sneak peek is next week's guest. Yes. So when you love this and you want to come back. You'll get to hear more about him. And it'll probably be nothing like this episode because it'll just be us arguing the entire time. But not like in an arguing like a grr, in an arguing like, no, that's not how we met. That's not how we fell in love. Blah, blah, blah. And we'll have learned so many things from this first episode. Exactly. So So I want to share something with you. So I was trying, when I found out that you... We're going to be my first guest and by you being my first guest what I really mean is I said one day oh ha 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 I want to start a podcast and then you and Josh who is also our co-co creative director and executive of the podcast you were like yeah do it 
do it. And then Josh sent me the link to the microphones and then I bought the microphones and then now we're here. And anyways, so when I was thinking about that, I thought, well, what's one of my first memories of Savannah? And I thought about it. Okay. And it came to me. Our freshman year of high school, we also had an English class together. Hated it. You did great. She loved you. I had her for three years. She didn't like me. And teachers never not liked me. I was a good student. But, you know. So I remember you went on a trip. I can't remember when in the school year it was. But you went on a trip and it was your first time to Harry Potter World. And you came back with, I'm pretty sure, a keychain that you gave to me. As well as, I want to say it was jelly beans. Yeah. Or some sort Birdies of... Birdies every flavor box. Yes. Jelly beans. Yes. yes. And I remember thinking then, like, that's a good friend. My love language is gift giving. And I do like giving and receiving gifts. And that was so thoughtful of you to think about me while you were experiencing Harry Potter World. Which is very important to you because you are such a big Harry Potter fan as well. Yeah, and I, I mean, to continue the gift giving, we have a new addition to our podcast recording table of our Muppet Lego figurine that has joined us today. Yes, because our listener knows that I am a big <sighs> Muppet fan, and it all started with the 2011 version of the Muppets movie, and I remember seeing it in theaters, and I thought to myself, wow, this just changed classic. my life. I'm not a man or a Muppet, I'm both. So, yeah. Gonzo the Great and Camilla the Chicken are here watching us record this podcast, which is sponsored by the Winking Owl Sangria Wine. And by sponsored, I mean I went and bought the $3 bottle of wine, and we are both two glasses deep. So there we go. So I was thinking about when we were in school, too. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world, as you and I both know. That is hard to talk about, especially because you are an educator. You are an educator of small little minds. And we went through what was considered to be a magnet program that was centered towards students who wanted to excel in leadership. And there was an element of, you know, wanting to teach skills to people who might become future educators, although that wasn't the center of the the program, but that was included. And I was thinking about it as I was showering this morning that I remember us doing so many lessons on empathy, Mm -hmm. learning about empathy, how to show empathy, what it was, how we can better, you know, be an Mm -hmm. empath. Mm Mm-hmm. For why? Why were we taught all these years, not even just in high school, but just growing up in school in general, we're taught to share, we're taught to think about each other's feelings, Mm -hmm. we're taught to speak up, but make sure you're listening to everyone in the room. Why? Especially if that's not being practiced today by the people who made us learn that you know what I mean like right what was the point if if it wasn't going to be practiced or ex- practiced or executed you know mm-hmm. I think I think at least from the high school level when we were in the program that trying to instill it as like an educational program like that we're going to teach hopefully that in whatever career path we go into um 
but I also, I don't know, I think growing up, it's it's a lot of the ideal of what we hope for, what we hope for the future generations, that this is how it should be, whether or not it's necessarily how the adults around them are executing it, or if all of them are. I know. I just had a really hard time with it because I previously worked in a field. You know, I worked for what is considered to be like child protection and that required a lot of mental and emotional strength Mm -hmm. that I had in the beginning I really did and then towards the end it was just gone Mm -hmm. and I got paid less than what a teacher's salary was Mm -hmm. so why are the jobs that required the most empathy paid the le- the least you know why why does it work out that way i know that i've done some research when i've been in past classes where it's where it's been said that some careers that are more female dominated usually don't have as high of a pay rate yeah not because it's female dominated but because it wasn't viewed as respectably when you know when it was being established and stuff like that so like whether it be nursing or teaching or I don't know, where it tends to be more of a female presence, it seems that those careers don't have as high of a pay rate. And that makes sense and that tracks. But another thing to consider is every single profession, every single career was once male-dominated. Right. So was it just the fact that it became easily you know, accessible to females so they just started paying them less or... I, I, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it because anyone who knows or has worked in a field where you have to give every bit of mm-hmm. yourself, that there is there is a bottom line. There You are responsible for another human being, not just yourself, mm-hmm. let alone 20 human beings. Why is it fair that you are barely making it? month to month using funds out of your own pocket to for for your instance you were mm-hmm. supplying your own classroom for to, like supplies right and i i don't know i guess i had the better end of that stick when i was working in child protection because i didn't have to pay for things out of my own pocket but there was a lot of weight on my shoulders for a while where I was the one with that power to make a decision about someone else's life. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the line, I just kept thinking, I don't know if I can continue to do this because how how do I know? Who am I? You know, who am I to tell you what to do mm-hmm. with your life? So I think tying back to what you said about like the financial support of the careers is that's that's really specifically hard as a classroom teacher um most like we have you know chairs desks we have stuff like that but there's a lot of the stuff missing that really like helps children grow and especially socially emotionally like you know having it be more welcoming having stools having the supplies for a science experiment you know usually teachers are going out and buying it the night before not the night before but sometimes the night before (laughs) i need (laughs) i need 24 packs of marshmallows like you know i usually get very odd looks at the grocery store when they're like why do you need 18 bottles of vinegar and i'm like please don't ask i i mean i can tell you but you don't want to know got a lot of hard water stains gotta use this vinegar to take care of a lot (laughs) so i think 
I think that's really hard is there's not really another career. Like you don't, they always make the um, comparison to medical fields where doctors aren't expected to buy their own needles. They're not expected to buy stuff for the patient's rooms. Like it's just, it's just very different. And it's really hard, especially your first year to like learn a balance of, yes, I want to make this my own, but no, I can't pour all of my money into this. Like I have to take care of me too as a person. Um, And then I think, oh, back to the other part that you said about, like, you know, just that burnout feeling of this is a lot to put on one person. Um, So I know, especially right now in the teaching profession, there's a lot of teachers that are leaving. for in mass quantities. Mm -hmm. I even think you should leave. Well, that's another podcast. Yeah, that's another episode. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I know. I mean... I can speak to when I actually did leave that I was so desperate. As someone who, you know, and I've talked to my therapist about this, I try to fix people all the time. It it is just something that I've done. I can't even remember when it started. I just know, you know, my family and my closest friends all know that Mm -hmm. I'm constantly trying to fix people or help them to the point where it hurts me. And I remember thinking so vividly, why isn't anyone helping me out of this? Why is no one helping me out of this? I'm so physically sick that Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, vomiting (laughs) and doing other things every morning because of the stress of this position, of these decisions, of the weight of not only my own emotions, but the emotions of these children and the parents in the system and having to jump through every single hurdle and never knowing 100% if you made the right decision. Is there even a right decision, Mm -hmm. you know, because we can't test the outcomes. Right. I'm not Mm -hmm. a scientist, you know, so I don't know. I just wanted so desperately for someone to pull me out of that. And it wasn't until I physically could not take it anymore. Mm-hmm. My body could not continue that I finally left that position. I did not even have a job lined up. Mm-hmm. I left it. And we had just bought a house. We had just bought a house. I was so scared. I I didn't know what was going to happen. Luckily, I did end up finding a job and was able to continue living but I look back and I'm making a you know a a decent amount money more than I was making then and I'm doing I wouldn't say less work but just such different work Mm -hmm. you know what I mean I have a sense of satisfaction in what I do every day I'm very in control of my schedule Whereas when I was doing that particular job, I could not just take a lunch break whenever I wanted to. You know, I could get a case at any time. I could be on call and get a case at 2 in the morning and not get to come home and take a shower until 8 a.m. and then have to go back out and do another case. Mm. And constantly living on snacks and junk food and bouncing from one place to another, having no sense of routine for that little money right so I can only imagine what you go through because not only do you have to deal with 
older elementary school students but mm-hmm. you have to deal with older elementary school students who have access to the internet yeah i i don't i mean i like the internet but i don't love it when when yeah. my when my students are like oh yeah here's this new tiktok dance and i'm like i don't even have a tiktok What's nor TikTok? can i dance yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i don't know i think it's it is really difficult like all of the things that are asked on top of what you're already doing like the hours and like even when you leave whether or not you're like oh it's summer it's time for me to relax you're still like but i could do this and oh i could do this to get ready like i'm working on a side project for science right now that i i want to work on but you know not necessarily taking as much time for myself yeah you also took on the role of co-co-creative executive of this podcast. And shall I shout out, you have done all of the creative artwork that so far we've only got to see two pieces of it. The mm-hmm. picture of me, the picture of you, but what people, what the listener doesn't know, <laughs> the one single listener doesn't hey, know, yeah, <laughs> is that you've done a few pieces for the coming up weeks for the guests that we have lined up and I'm really excited about that and I'm really grateful for your time and your effort and everything that you and Josh have done and I could not say any more nice things about it thank you yeah I really I really appreciate it I I don't know like you said she was just like I want to start a podcast and you're like okay I know let's do it now all my life, people have told me, oh, you should be a comedian, but I'm extremely insecure and I also have stage fright. So this is much easier because, you know, we're, we're showing up here in the pink room, mm-hmm. the, the pink room. And what does that mean? It means that I have lived with exclusively men for the last four years of my life. And recently, a new room in my house has become available. And what did I do? I painted all four walls pink. I got a pink, wait, I got pink sheets, sorry, is what I meant to say, or pink accented sheets. And I'm living my best life. This is my pink room. And I can't wait to introduce this room to every single guest who comes into this household. As long as they're not allergic to cats. Well, that's fair. Take Claritin? Yeah, something like that. I'm allergic to cats. I've worked through it. You know, I was also thinking about that. Do you think that being allergic to peanuts makes you biologically inferior than the next person? I mean, I don't, I don't know if I, well, okay, Josh is nodding, but that's only because he's upset that he can't eat peanut butter I know. Me. I did eat peanut butter yesterday. Does that offend you? No, it doesn't offend me personally. Okay. Um, it's only if I eat it, so, um... <laughs> But no, I don't think I'm biologically inferior specifically to the peanuts. Okay. Um, did have an allergy test recently, and that was exciting. Yeah, you're for... allergic to like 10,000 different things. Well, yeah. Um, for a brief minute, I thought I was not allergic to peanuts. He was like, no, you're not. You could eat one. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll go We're home t- and eat t- one. Time to test it out. <laughs> it's going to be a night to remember. And about five more minutes into the doctor's appointment, he pulls a different report and goes, Never mind. Don't scratch that. Do not do what I just said. And I was like, what? He's like, don't see me. (laughs) Please don't see me. Oh. Okay. And um, immediately after he pulled up the report, he goes, no, you're very allergic to peanuts. Actually, um, you could eat hazelnuts or something, something along those lines. I'm like, all right, that's good to know. I would just like to point out that hazelnuts are the Coke Zero of the nut world, and I don't want to elaborate any further on that. 
I only can eat all of the other nuts, and they're all kind of the Coke Zero or diet soda of the nut world. Fair enough. So. Okay, so kind of hopping off of the topic of money and, you know, being an empathetic poor lady. I had like a business that, card with that yeah, statement. Yeah, that was an expletive that I just edited out because we talked about how we wanted to run this podcast. We want it to be, okay, how did I, how did I word it? Oh, I have a neighbor, right? I have a neighbor and she has two teenagers and they're both girls and I have spent some time with them, not a lot of time, but I want to make this appropriate enough to where they could listen to it. They could listen to the thoughts and the opinions of people who are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and it's appropriate enough to where they can digest that information, but it's also deep enough to where it is something substantial, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, there's so much on the internet right now that's not that's very surface level so it is really nice to hear of something that's going to go deeper than what we usually see yeah so on the topic of that on the topic of having no money and on the topic of being empathetic if you one day got a million dollars just out of the blue do you have any thoughts of how you would spend that oh um i don't know i have so many different thoughts um, I definitely would love to buy a house in this terrible housing market. Yeah, that That'd would be, be great. that would be eight hundred thousand of it. Well, you right. got two hundred thousand left. Yeah. So I only have two. You only have two hundred thousand left. Not really, but okay. You have well, a million dollars. Well, if the house dollars, costs that much, things are better in this world, right? A okay. gallon of gas is a cool two sixty. I'm gonna pass out. Yeah. It was five today. Two sixty. I know. Josh paid four ninety eight like a sucker. I paid two seventy one. Josh, you should really do more research before you fill up your tank. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we can't we can't say any you know, too many mean things or he might edit out all the good parts of this podcast. He's only gonna include the part that I'm biologically inferior because yeah, of peanuts. Biologically inferior because you're allergic to peanuts. Do you think that's because you're an only child? Probably. It all ties together. Why I need mean, glasses? Why I had braces? It's genetics. It's genetics. Nice. It's just science. You're a science teacher. Mm-hmm. You know how it works. I can tell you all about you science. You were an only child. Not only did you have to deal with, you know, the more difficulties that come with socialization, but then you were allergic to peanuts. Oh, honestly, I'm surprised I've made it this far. I know. <laughs> I know. You know, when I was a child, when I was seven years old, I was not diagnosed. Well, I guess diagnosed with an allergy, right? Mm. That was when I had my first allergy test. I had just gotten my first cat, Maisie, who is 17 years old. And I went to the doctor, got allergy tested. He said, you are allergic to cats. You are allergic to chocolate, coffee, and garlic. That sounds awful. Yeah. As a seven-year-old. I'm not biologically inferior. Yeah, I know, I am, right? but you're not. Well, I would like to add that I'm no longer allergic to the food portions of what I just listed, but I right. am allergic to cats to the point where my doctor said that my nostrils were a good six out of ten when it comes to inflammation, but I told him that if I could breathe out of both nostrils, I would be too powerful. 
I'd like to point out that she's wearing a shirt that says cat mom too. Yes. Also, we both have cat blankets on our laps because that's just, you know, on brand. It's a part of the pink room. It's you part have of to. The pink They're room. pink and cats. Yeah. Pink blankets, cats, pink room. It's not optional. If you're a guest, you have to have the cat blanket. Yeah. And if you are a guest, you can't be allergic to cats. So well, tying back into <laughs> if you won a million dollars. Oh, yeah. By some way, some form. I can't specify on how, but what would you do with it? Um, I think realistically I would buy a house, but I would also really like to travel. And then from there, I mean, just not personally, I'd like to give back to a lot of the charities and like foundations that have really helped me out. Yeah. Um, I went to college and I graduated with my bachelor's completely debt free. Um, and that was with, you know, scholarships, charities, funds, different things that people had put in place. And I'm really yeah, thankful. Yeah, way to brag, but okay, well, yeah. Well, <laughs> I couldn't figure out student loans. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a blessing in disguise. I wouldn't have been able to navigate it. I know. So being able to graduate without debt was really, really beneficial to how I started my career and how I, I went to college a year younger. So being able to start without that on top of it would be something I'd like to, you know, kind of give back to other students where they could, you know, go to college and get a degree without having to worry about how am I going to pay for this? This class is coming up. I've got bills due, you know. Yeah. So I think to go back, house, travel, um, and then some sort of fund or maybe like scholarship towards how other students could go to college that's, or something giving back to like students specifically. Yeah, I think that's just proves another point that we already made that – empathy man poor you know? teachers will only give yeah, their money back you're only to the gonna children. give your money back to to the children or to the people who need it where as if we would have asked someone else what they would do with a million dollars we probably would have gotten a much different response on what they would do with that probably someone probably said oh i'm gonna buy a boat i'm gonna buy a big boat and it's gonna have big motors and i'm gonna catch some big fish that's how it works yeah that was a really great impression of my husband by the way <laughs> <laughs> if anyone was asking Okay, well, thank you for asking. I already know what I would do with a million dollars. I've planned it out inside my head. Um, I would pay off my parents' house. I would Mm. pay off Logan's mother's house. I would pay off Logan's father's house. And then I would probably just fund my grandparents. (laughs) Just Mm -hmm. make sure that they're comfortable and that they have everything, everything that they need. Because... You know, if everyone else around me is taken care of, I will be taken care of. So it'll mm-hmm. all work out in the end. You know, my my mom will become the nanny to my future children and I won't have to worry about spending $20,000 a year on daycare. So, Which is another topic in itself. Yes, another topic in itself. <laughs> Very true. Um, Another thing that we wanted to talk about, you mentioned your college experience. Mm. You mentioned how you graduated debt-free. You had the opportunity to stay local for school at a smaller school rather than going to one of the big state schools where Mm -hmm. we live. Do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, I think I had I had an option um, of I could have applied and, you know, gone to a bigger university. But when I got my scholarship for um, a smaller local college, I ended up going there. It was a four year college. Um, And I think there's lots of benefits that I could go on about. But one of the bigger ones is having smaller class sizes and having like a better relationship with your professors of, you know, there's this paper coming up. Like, how can I work through this? What can I do, you know, to make this part better? 
Um, a couple of them directed me towards different scholarships when I had to pay for different parts of my degree. Um, but I think just like having smaller class sizes in a local community college helped a lot more. Um, as well as, you know, I lost my train of thought. What did I say when we talked about it? I said smaller class sizes. More one-on-one. More one-on-one and something else no i don't know but you you also had the benefit of having family support because you stayed local and you got to stay with the support foundation that you already had already built up throughout at least the last four years of college i'm sorry the last four years of high school and Mm -hmm. before that so you also had that that family support and Yeah, yeah that that part definitely helped too of being local is i wasn't I wasn't as concerned about, you know, like I worked at the time a couple of different jobs here and there, um, but I wasn't as concerned about making rent or, yeah. you know, like I was very fortunate because I know there's a lot of people that, you know, do go off to college, don't have that family support um, that worked a lot harder for some of the same degrees. Yeah. Um, so I think having having a supportive family and being able to stay at home during that time really helped me focus deeply on what I was doing mm-hmm. um as well as still getting involved like I don't feel like I missed out on the college experience of going to a smaller one because I was still in clubs I was in like um like national leadership positions or whatever you want to call it for um some of the education societies so doing all of that extra stuff on top of it and especially as a part of an education degree, you go to the classrooms and do internships and practicums where you're spending time in the classroom. So I feel like with all of that together, like my degree at least specifically was very like, just I was able to grow in a lot of different ways and have different experiences without going off to a big college. Yeah. Without having a 40,000 or 20,000 debt yeah. when I leave. Once again, way to brag. Sorry. Um, I'm as sorry. As someone who went to two large mm-hmm. universities, you know, I started my college career with undergrad at UCF, which is, I don't know if it's still the largest university population-wise, but at least when I was going there, it was the largest university population-wise. And I'm pretty sure land size. Land I think so. size in the nation. Mm-hmm. So I did not... the One of the reasons why we came up for this name for the podcast is because I have never fit in very well with people who are in my same age group Mm -hmm. i mean i'm friends with you of course i'm friends with josh and i have several other friends who are my age but it i just for as long as i can remember i have had a hard time connecting with the same things that people around me are interested Mm -hmm. in and i experienced that more than ever when i was 18 you know freshly 18 at college and there are so many influences around you the internet (laughs) alcohol like it was always about how are we going to get someone to buy us alcohol and by we i don't mean me i really mean like the people around me Mm -hmm. and i just i never understood it i never understood why people wanted to go to clubs why would i pay money to have to stand in a stinky, sweaty place where my feet are sticking to the ground and strangers are trying to talk to me. Isn't that everything you were taught to go against as a child? I, I don't, don't get it. Don't talk to strangers. Don't talk to don't strangers. Don't be in sticky, strange clubs. Don't, yeah, you know, I, it, it just never really made sense to me. So I was only there for less than two years and I have one friend. Mm-hmm that I took out from that experience because 
I have always just been in a hurry for every single thing since literally the day I was born. You know, I was born 11 weeks early, straight into the NICU, you know, why is this baby popping out of you so quickly? She's ready. She's, She's ready, ready to go. And when I was, I don't even know, maybe four or five, my mom asked me, why did you come out so early? And I said, I was hungry. Well, it's and true. That's, that's pretty on brand yeah, for me that's, now. That's another slogan too, for the podcast. Too. Yeah. I was hungry. That's why I came out, mom. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I've, I've just always been in such a hurry for everything my entire life. And for the first time ever i other than you know popping out a few kids i'm not in a rush for anything Mm -hmm. and that is mostly only because i want to pop out at least my first kid before i get kicked off of my father's insurance so capitalism in america health insurance is really expensive so yeah i think we need a standing round of applause for that one clap 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 So, on that topic, which I don't even remember what topic we were talking about. Oh, college. Yeah. There is no college experience. Which is, which feels good hearing because you always wonder going to a small college, like, did I miss out on this really big American college dream that I should have went and lived in this small, tiny apartment and shared a bathroom with six other adults? Or not, I mean, you're kind of an adult. I know what you mean, yeah. But. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there is a college experience, but as someone who I think we share a lot of mm-hmm. characteristics and especially our personality types definitely are intertwined, I don't I don't even know. I don't even know how you would have done. I didn't do great. I didn't do well with friends. I've never done well with my friends my mm-hmm. entire life. I mean, even you, you and I, we have been friends for 10 years, but there were... So few years that Mm. we didn't talk and one of my biggest regrets I'm not going to lie is that you weren't at my wedding not Mm -hmm. only were you not at my wedding but you were not standing up with me at my wedding and that's something that that has it was always on my mind always on my mind I remember talking about it in high school when we were like which bridesmaids going for who who's gonna be the maid of honor for this one and even no even when I was wedding planning Mm -hmm. like it was always on my mind but you know, I think one of the things we even talked about or what's harder, a regular breakup or a friend breakup. I don't mm-hmm. know. I wouldn't even say what we and I had was a friend breakup, but maybe, yeah, maybe it was. Mm-hmm. It, it It's just hard, you know, it it's hard. I think I think what's really hard, especially when you kind of compare it between friendship and relationship, because I mean, they're, they're both relationships, but of of that kind of nature that you know, when you're in a relationship, you're either, depending on the person, but you, mm-hmm. you, you know, usually the end goal is get married or yeah. break up. You know, there's not really like one way where we're coming out best friends out of this, you know, but a friendship, you don't really have that like end goal, you know, you're just doing life together. So when it starts to fall apart or like one of you starts to go one way or something gets in the between the two of you, I think that's a lot harder, honestly. I yeah. mean, just for me personally. Because... I No, I, I agree with mm-hmm. you because I, like I said, I have never been very good when it comes to friends and through a lot of self-realization and therapy I have discovered it's because I have pretty significant control issues and that's something that I'm working on now and it's not so much that I want to control someone else's life it's just that I 
I think what I've had in the past is a very low tolerance of when someone has come to me with their problems over and over and over and over and Mm -hmm. over again the same thing and I would get frustrated when I wasn't being listened to but what I have realized is that even when it comes to myself when I'm talking about my own issues with someone else I don't even really think I'm listening or I'm sorry looking for a an answer or Mm -hmm. you know advice I'm just trying to sort sort it through myself you know right whenever someone is venting they know what they're going to do they are very self-aware of what's going on it's just a matter of what decision they choose to address it it's hard um Mm -hmm. for you and I we can talk about it another day if people want to listen of what happened but it doesn't matter it really doesn't because having you back in my life has been one of the best things that has happened to me in a long time and I say that with my voice only a little bit cracking because I because we can't get tears on the microphone no no, we're no these are brand new we can't get tears on them it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter nothing matters really life is fake well and one of my favorite podcasters says that all the time so I'm not going to steal it from them but I'm just gonna you know say it in that one tagline that life is fake okay so let's talk about something really fun and exciting that we're going to do every episode. Um, snack attack is maybe what I think we could call it. I'm going to get attacked by a snack? You or are I going will to attack get attacked by emotions with a okay. snack. All right. right. Each guest gets to pick their own snack funded and provided by me within reason. And your snack of the week, that's a drum roll, is... Carrot cake. Carrot cake, yes. And this carrot cake was provided by the lovely bakery staff of Some Publix. Who is a sponsor, but not really. Not sponsored. We went and picked it up. Not, <laughs> she yeah, went and yeah. picked it up. Yeah. Um, not even that. My husband picked it up. Well. <laughs> and we're going to eat this carrot cake, and I'm going to ask you a few final questions and a few final recommendations, and then we're going to do a little charity plug at the end how does that sound sounds great okay so i think it's safe to say that we already know that this carrot cake is going to be okay because it's from Publix, but we will give it a rating out of 10 okay i'm ready and you cannot have a rating already in your head before you eat this because that's not fair okay that's that's fair that's a good point so do you have a movie or music or tv recommendation that you would like to give our listener mom um hey mom um i think my immediate reaction for movie um a movie that i really really loved was in the heights um in the heights yep we could just do a whole podcast where we sing along (laughs) Um, i enjoyed that movie it was really good i mean that one that it got me some tears i mean i love any musical you know another good musical is the muppets Mm. 2011 written Mm -hmm. and directed by jason siegel where the Oscar-winning song, Manor Muppet, was debuted. Well, there's that, too. Sorry, we have carrot cake going on, cutting out going on in the background, so we're ready for the snack attack. Ready for the snack attack. Okay. Thanks, Joshy Poo. So this carrot cake is okay. Um, I think it's a solid 8.5. I'm going with a 6. I think I would have went with a 9 if we took it out of the fridge, if I took it back out of the fridge earlier. Mm-hmm. It seems a little dry to me. Is that too mean to the the carrot cake? I'm sorry. He looks a little the carrot. There's a carrot on top, and now he looks sad. Do you know what also is orange? 
My Your cat? cat? Philip. Philip. His his government name is Philly, though. Mm-hmm. That's important to say. Okay, so we're wrapping it up here. Um, we've talked about a lot of nothing, really, which I think is going to be the specialty of this podcast is just a lot of nothing, really. Um, our charity plug, my charity plug for this month, the month of June, the SPCA. The SPCA. I have a local SPCA, and if you are local and you know me, please reach out, and I would love to provide you some details about our local SPCA and how you can give back to the community and to the animals. But if you are listening and you don't know me, well, hello. Really nice to meet you. Um, maybe find some animals to help out because I think that's super important. But I make sure they're not someone else's animals. Yeah, I mean, unless they no, want. No, you your can help. help someone else's animals only if you only if they ask for your, or want it. Don't just like go into someone else's like backyard knock, and be like, knock. "This dog needs a yeah, bone. This dog needs a bone. <laughs> this dog needs some old towels for their kennel." Yeah, I mean. The dogs deserve everything, but just don't be weird with other people's animals. That's safe to say. Okay. So, Savannah, thank you for being here. Thanks for talking to me for what was it? Six minutes? I think it was only six minutes. Yeah. Um, Thank you for the carrot cake. I think it's an 8.5. I hope that this is something that is something. If that makes sense. It will be. We got the microphones. Yeah, we, we I have already to invested at this, point. this I mean, much. You know, I think that I know I have a lot to say. Is it meaningful? Probably not. But I know some people who might have meaningful things to say. So that's something. And I'll be co-co-creative directing in the background. So, yeah, you know. There's nothing more I want than you co-co-creative directing. Co-co-co. Co-co-co-creative directing in the background as an executive well thanks everyone for listening i hope that maybe you took something out of this and i hope that you listen again and maybe share this with someone else who could take something away from it whether or not it's dealing with the financial struggles of being in your early 20s or navigating holding on to friendships or jobs or relationships or anything just know that you're not alone you're not the only one that struggles and Someone cares for you very deeply. And if it's someone, it's probably me. I care so hard. I care so hard it hurts. So I hope you listen next week. And I hope you have a great week. And I hope that you find a $5 bill on the sidewalk this week. It was great. I also have social media. I have a TikTok, a YouTube, a Spotify. You will, you're probably already listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music. And... Twitter. I have a Twitter. Yeah, I have a Twitter. And by I, I mean we. And Instagram. We have a Twitter. We, yes. We have Instagram, we have too. A, find us there. Yes, find us there on Instagram. Did I not say Instagram? That's actually one of the most important ones. Okay. Yeah. Follow, like, subscribe, share. If you found any of this interesting and you think, hey, maybe I have a friend from fourth grade that I should say, hey, I miss you. Maybe we should be friends again. Friend breakups are stupid. Yeah. I hope you have a great week. Toodaloo. Toodaloodles. Toodaloodles. Toodaloodles.